0: Inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining to this episode. We are going to talk about persuasion, and another interesting topic, but in a very, very new and very intelligent uh, way, new, new, new ideas that I'm sure you haven't heard before. And for that, we have a very special guest. Born in Israel, Ariel Halevi is a founding partner of Viomar, a leading solution provider for interpersonal communication-related challenges. Viomar specializes in areas of persuasion and influence without authority in large enterprises. Viomar's vision is to map the human communication norm in a way that allows for quantifiably measuring an individual's communication skills intelligence. Ariel holds a master's degree in government specializing in homeland security and counterterrorism from the prestigious IDC in Israel. During his academic studies, Ariel was the president of the competitive debate club and was the debate champion in israel for two consecutive years and in oxford england hello ariel how are you
1: hello oscar i'm well how are you
0: and really great it's great talking with you i can't wait to hear your your thoughts about persuasion and everything else that comes in this conversation so yeah persuasion we have talked uh, with a couple of angles in in this podcast and and it's a and it's a topic that uh, is talked also in business but I think many people sort of avoid using the word persuasion. So let's talk about our current times in the 21st century. How would you define persuasion?
1: Well, I think you're right. I think persuasion um, is a very loaded term. And most people associate the word persuasion with manipulation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in the courses that we do, I ask people to define persuasion. And almost always people use the idea of getting somebody to do something they don't want to do. And that's a big mistake. Persuasion is about getting somebody to want to do something. So it's a very, very uh, different thing. And I think specifically for the 21st century, uh, what's different is that the two key challenges that are distinctive for the era that we live in today are the challenges of getting people's attention and the challenges of building trust quickly. So if you think about it, We, as homo sapiens, have been around for about, what, 200,000 years. There's a wonderful book uh, by uh, Noah Harari, Yuval Noah Harari, Brief History of Humanity, and he walks us through 200,000 years. For the most part, in that period, we existed in a very specific social structure, right? So we had small villages. We met through our entire lives, maybe 50 to 100 people. And anybody you interacted with on a daily basis, you knew for a fact that you had the same language, the same geography, the same enemies, the same family and friends, and the same experiences. So trust was built in already to interactions. And if you happen to meet somebody who you didn't have these things with, immediately they were a risk, they were a threat, right? So think about the world today. We don't just meet 50 to 150 people, we meet thousands of people. And most of them we don't really meet, right? So we don't necessarily... You and I have a different native tongue. For me, it's Hebrew, uh, but we're using English. And you and I are having this conversation, but we never really met. So if you think about the operating system of the brain, in the modern day of the 21st century, most of the people we interact with, we meet virtually. We don't have those criteria that I mentioned before. And so while the modern world is telling us to work with them and collaborate with them, our ancient operating system is telling us not to trust them so it's a big issue so creating trust early is important to avoid that resistance and then there's the issue of attention and and that's that's another crazy thing you know we've never had so many stimulations around us like we do in the 21st century we've never had so many opportunities we never had reality change so quickly so we're constantly in a state of uncertainty and we're you know we could talk to thousands of people so why should i talk with you and so getting people's attention is another big big issue so i would say those are the two main aspects of persuasion for the 21st century.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you said the the importance of of trust um because you are meeting as you said that you have the opportunity to talk with thousands of people and you will probably do but how to to persuade but that's a great um great way to explain persuasion. And I I read on your blog actually uh, a topic called delayed gratification. And I know there is a a direct um, relation with persuasion. So can you tell me what is this... First, this this concept for the ones that are not so uh, familiar. And then what is the link between persuasion and delayed gratification?
1: Sure, absolutely. So gratification is the process of satisfying yourself, right? So um, if you want to eat a piece of chocolate and you reach for it immediately you're going for gratification. Instant gratification talks about the need to do it now, right? So, you know, I, you, put a, you put a marshmallow in front of a five-year-old kid and you watch how long it takes them to grab that marshmallow um, and how fast they do that is a function of, you know, how strong their need is for instant gratification. What we did was we started looking at the connection between that tendency to need satisfaction um, and, and the dynamic that's created in a conversation with people. Right. So mm-hmm. think about how many um, opportunities there are for instant gratification in a conversation. So you say something. Let's say you make a mistake and I know that you're making a mistake. So I suddenly need to correct you immediately. Mm-hmm. Even if it means jumping into what you just said. Or let's say that we're having a group discussion in the office and I have something to say. So you know how you feel that when you have something and it's urgent for you to say it. Um, that's a, that's an uncomfortable feeling. And so what you want to do is you want to create immediate gratification by saying it immediately. The problem is, is that the more you go for instant gratification in a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. the lower your chances of persuading them. Mm-hmm. It's a, It's a very painful choice. When you're trying to persuade somebody, you have to choose. You can either go for mm-hmm. instant gratification, which means that you're going to talk more than they do and you're going to make them feel that you're smarter and you're going to correct every mistake they make, and that's going to be great for you, except they're going to feel bad and they're not going to want to listen to you anymore. Or you can do the exact opposite. You can give them instant gratification, let them speak more, make them the center of attention. And as a result, it will create a positive memory of you. They will enjoy talking to you. And people like being around things they enjoy and people they enjoy. And the more they want to be around you, the bigger the window of opportunity for you to get to know them better and therefore to also be able to persuade them. So that's the connection. The more you delay gratification, mm-hmm. the more opportunity you have to have lasting impact on people.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just to, to put it more uh, more clear, the, the first example you gave about, for instance, where I talk with you and I, I pick one one mistake you made, so I should um, ignore it or write it down uh, uh, to say something later? So. Uh what can I do with that mistake, let's say?
1: Right. So, you know, putting aside for a minute critical scenarios like a doctor making a mistake and, and, and you know, you want to. That's not persuasion, right? That's a professional dynamic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if somebody if somebody makes a mistake, you have to ask yourself, okay, first of all, how important is the mistake? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it critical? Number two, how urgent is it to fix the mistake? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes what I do with my audiences is I make a mistake on purpose and i wait for somebody in the audience to yell out ariel you it, it, that's the wrong date and mm-hmm. then i tell and i tell them okay now let me ask you something was it urgent to do that now would it have ruined the session if you would have waited and also should you have done this in front of everybody or could you have maybe taken me aside afterwards and, and said you know i kind of checked and i noticed that you you used the wrong date um And it's unfair of me because I know somebody in the audience will correct me. And every time there's somebody that's a victim of that, when I tell them this, they feel bad. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. You don't have to jump in immediately. Definitely don't interrupt the person in the Mm -hmm. middle of their sentence. Um, Ask yourself, if I wait two minutes or if I wait ten minutes or an hour, or what if I don't even tell them? What if it's not a big deal, right? That's the concept of delaying gratification.
0: Mm-hmm. so you have to if you pick a mistake you can you keep listening and kind of uh, judge try to judge internally and decide if you should at some point tell about that or not at all
1: mm-hmm. exactly and by the way, I can tell you that there's another version of this that has to do with giving feedback mm-hmm. so yes um a lot of times you said maybe you should write it down. I would give you an, an argument maybe you shouldn't write it down, okay. And then if you happen to remember it a day later, it's probably important okay. and you might want to meet the first. <laughs> but a lot of times what seems important in the moment isn't really important in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, in our company, when we do training and sometimes together with other trainers, the rule we have is always give the positive feedback immediately And always wait 24 hours or 48 Mm. hours with the negative feedback and don't write it down. And the the thing is, the important things you won't forget. But the things you do forget probably weren't that important. Maybe you don't need to talk about them. And again, delaying, moving slower. Uh, The whole idea behind delayed gratification and persuasion, and it's the title of the book that I'm now publishing, is you're not moving slow enough, meaning don't move faster. Move slower. Delay, and and that's probably going to give you an opportunity to apply better judgment.
0: Yes, um, yeah, I understand very very well the concept of delay gratification as you are explaining Yeah, it's very connected with feedback, and yeah, most of the people tend uh, by default to to give the this negative feedback. No, it's it's so easy and it's so common and it's we do in. Yeah. So, like automatically, and what what else about delayed uh, gratification? So okay, I, I was asking about okay, n- delay saying this mistake or not not uh, say it at all. But what else is good when you are uh, listening to uh, to a person? So uh, so it will help to to give the gratification for them and, and feel uh, that the persuasion is is working. What what else can can you do?
1: Right. So you know how I said before that one of the characteristics of the 21st century is that um, there's very little attention, mm-hmm. right? So think about this. Over the past 100 years or so, right, and even before, if you look at the evolution, the technological evolution of humanity, the number of people we can reach is growing, mm-hmm. right? So today, thanks to the Internet, theoretically, we can reach 2 billion people. And soon, in the near future, it'll be 5 billion people. So on the one hand, the number of people we can reach has grown. But on the other hand, and this is what's so ironic, how to get their attention has dropped. So if you Mm -hmm. were talking to somebody 100 years ago, they were most likely looking you in the eye. They were most likely not playing with your iPhone. But today, it's hard to even get people to look at you when they're next to you because there's so much stimulation. So people are starving for attention. That's an opportunity. So what you want to do is instead of you fighting to get attention, which is that need for gratification, you should give attention when you're talking to somebody. And let's say you want to convince them to vote for somebody Mm -hmm. or to change their way of life and stop eating meat or whatever, right? Or To adopt a certain policy in the company or to join a certain organization and volunteer – It's urgent for you because you feel that you don't have enough attention. And finally, this person is listening to you. This is the chance. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk for an hour. No, you want to do the exact opposite. If everybody is starving for attention, use that as an opportunity to pay attention. Now, think about the word pay. It's like you're buying something. So what are you buying when you pay attention? You're buying knowledge because the more you let them talk, the more you learn about them. Mm -hmm. And you're buying trusts. You're buying that positive experience. So what you want to do is you want to let the other person speak first. And whatever they say, you want to ask them follow-up questions. So in the early part of the conversation, you want them to be speaking about 80 to 85% of the time. And in the 15% that you're speaking, really what you should be doing is using that time to ask questions mm-hmm. that give them an opportunity to speak even more. And the more you let them speak and the more you really pay attention to them, the more they will like being around you, but they will also provide you with the information you need to better package your arguments. So if the person is speaking and they talk about poker, you can use analogies from poker. And if they give you examples of when they volunteered in Africa, you can talk about the value of volunteering and you can talk about something you did in volunteering to create a Mm -hmm. common denominator between you, which will create trust. So, but of course, that means that you're delaying your own need for attention. So again, that's delayed gratification.
0: (laughs) So as you say, you you buy trust and you pay with attention. Exactly. (laughs) And tell us, who is using delayed gratification with success today?
1: Yes, so um, (laughs) that's an interesting question. The instinctive answer that comes to my mind that it may not have to do with persuasion directly is, but I think the people who you see today who need to apply delayed gratification to succeed more than anybody else are probably parents with kids. Because if you think about it, the younger the kid is, the younger we are, the less ability we have to contain our behavior and to delay gratification. There's actually a beautiful, beautiful experiment that was conducted uh, back in the late 1960s in Stanford University called the Marshmallow Experiment, where they they put a kid in a room and they said, this marshmallow is yours and you can have it right away, but I'm going to leave the room now, and if when I come back you didn't eat the marshmallow, I will reward you with a second marshmallow and then you'll have two. And then they measured to see how long the kids waited and you can imagine most kids didn't wait. (laughs) Um, So parents have to apply delay. There's a wonderful video on YouTube I strongly recommend it. It's very funny too. Um, And then, by the way, they also did that, they've been following those kids ever since, right? So that's, think about that, that's almost a 70 year long experiment and they've been checking in with these kids to see um, how well they're doing in life. And what they found is that the longer the kids waited when they were young before eating the marshmallow, the more successful and happier they were in life. So parents are using delayed gratification. I think politicians uh, use delayed gratification mm-hmm. because they can't say what they mean. And we we think about that as being insincere and dishonest mm-hmm. and manipulative. But if you think about it, what they're doing is they're building a coalition, Right, They're listening to what the people are saying, mm-hmm. and then they're thinking well before they say, and they look for the right timing. What's the right time to do this? What's the right time to say this? So I think those, that's a category of people that are using delayed gratification. Um, I think really, really great salespeople use mm-hmm. delayed gratification because if you think about it, salespeople have very, very aggressive targets. So they want to try to close the deal with you as quickly as possible so that they can move on to the next client. But the successful salespeople are the ones who don't do that. They have a conversation with you. They listen to what you need. They interview you to understand what your real values are. They build a relationship with you. And then maybe they don't even make a proposition before the second or third meeting. Mm-hmm. Whereas yes. the, you know, the untalented salespeople are the ones who are going to knock on your door and say, Oh, look, I have an amazing product to sell <laughs> without even knowing what your name is. So that's another example of, um, of people who use delayed gratification.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's, a great example and and illustrate very well this this concept. And how can we all apply uh, this in our daily life? uh, Some, I don't know, some tips or strategies you can share?
1: Sure. So I think, number one, we have to break the persuasion into a process. Mm -hmm. That's number one. So when you walk into a conversation, the biggest thing working against you is the sense of urgency, Right. Think about how many times you've got into a conversation with a friend, and it could be about, you know, the most meaningless topic. It could be about, I don't know, a certain policy in a sport game or something specific about the news that came up. And within 10 minutes, you're both yelling, you're raising your voice, and you're getting very upset. You know, why? Think about it for a minute. What will the outcome of the conversation impact Will it change the world or are you just having a friendly conversation? (laughs) So what you want to do is you wanna take small you wanna understand that the more important it is for you to persuade somebody, the slower you should move and the more conversations you should have. And I know that this sounds kind of counterintuitive. Yes. But it really isn't. Slower moving Mm -hmm. slow does not mean slower. So the the ironic, Hmm. you know, interesting thing here is if you don't apply too much pressure, if you don't try to get it done quickly, you'll actually get it done faster. Because if you you have an argument and you apply all the pressure immediately, you're actually going to create more resistance, which will end up taking you more effort and more time. So the first thing you want to do in your life is if you've identified somebody who's very important to you and who you care about that you really want to influence – or if you've identified a topic that's very important to you, think about people who are fighting to be vegan, right, who are fighting for human rights. Mm. Or how important is it for them? They're urgent, right? Yes. Because pe- People are dying in Syria now, right? And animals are being killed every mm. minute. So there's a sense of urgency. What you want to do is you want to say, the more urgent it is for me, the less pressure I'm going to apply. So instead of having one conversation, I'm going to have five conversations over the next five weeks and i'm and i'm going to let the conversation end with a smile i'm not going to push you know how many times how many times have you seen somebody say okay okay but just i want to say one more thing before we go and the Mm -hmm. other person okay listen i had enough of this conversation i know i know but when you at least agree with me that that's Mm -hmm. not good yeah you want to let the other person decide when the conversation's over and when it's over you can say good this is what we accomplished today i'll make a note for myself to speak to the person later again so that's Number one, no urgency. Make it a process. Mm -hmm. Number two, make it easy. Small steps. Don't think about somebody jumping from one side of the opinion to the other side in one conversation. Imagine that they're going through 20, 30 different small steps. Map out those small steps and just always invest the next conversation in the next small step. For them, it won't feel that you're pushing. And for you you'll get positive reinforcements. You know, I live in New York. I prefer walking down the streets than I do crossing avenues because the blocks are smaller than the avenues. So I feel that I'm making progress. Every block that I cross, it's like Mm. a game. Mm -hmm. The same should be in persuasion. And last but not least, the third recommendation is spend more time in the beginning, listening and getting to know the other person. I said this before, before speaking. So you can make this an exercise for yourself. You can say, um, I want to persuade this person to vote for Trump or Hillary. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend the very first conversation letting them convince me. Okay. And I'm going to listen to them and I'm not going to challenge mm-hmm. everything I say. So if I'm a Trump supporter and they say something about Hillary, or if I'm a Hillary supporter and they say something about Trump, right, the first response is going to be like a ball in my stomach. How could you say that? That's not true. <laughs> she deleted her emails, but he molested women. No, don't do that. Let them convince you and really try to, you know, and, and and let them feel that you're really listening and they will then listen to you because there's a concept in human behavior called reciprocity, yes. mm-hmm. which is people adopt the behavior and the attitude you display towards them. So these would be some recommendations I would give.
0: Mm-hmm. Could you recap quickly the three the three tips?
1: Yes. First of all, break it down into a process. Mm -hmm. So don't try to get it all done in one conversation. Within the process, break it down into small steps. What would be easier for somebody to stop eating meat one altogether or maybe to watch a video with you about it, right? Break it down into small steps for them so that it's easy for them to come closer to you. And three, let, give them the opportunity to persuade you first. Right. Let mm-hmm. them begin. Give them attention and use reciprocity. And then what that will do is that will let um, that they'll give you attention in return. And you know what? I'll add one more thing. Um, a very, very good exercise that you can do is you can make a list of topics that you are very passionate about, that you mm-hmm. have a very defined opinion about. And practice being the opposite view. Mm-hmm. So you are a Trump supporter practice convincing people to vote for Hillary. If you are a Hillary supporter, practice convincing people to vote for Trump. What that will do is it will practice you in delayed gratification because it's going to be painful in the beginning. And it's also going to force you to see the other point of view in more detail and accuracy than you usually do, which ironically will help you reinforce your original view. So if if you're a Trump supporter and you spend hours trying to convince people to vote for Hillary, when you're done with that exercise, you'll actually be a more persuasive Trump supporter. Because you have to learn to represent the other opinion, and when you do, you get to know the opinion so well that you can build better arguments afterwards against that opinion. So these are the four things I would recommend.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Very, uh, very well illustrated. So we get some... Uh, practical ways to, to really put um, the delay gratification in our lives. Exactly. So, Ariel, please now share with us your favorite quotation.
1: So, you know, the people I love quoting the most are Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Mark Twain, Churchill. If you look them up online and you read their speeches, they were absolutely exceptional. But I have to say that above everybody is Martin Luther King. And... um He, one of the the quotes that I've learned from him that I love the most is when he said that our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. We now have guided missiles, but misguided men. And I think that's amazing. I think that while humanity is making huge progress, it seems that our judgment is actually not improving. Mm -hmm. And it could be because the world is moving too quickly for us to make good decisions. It could be because we have too much information that we can digest. And it could also be because we live in a culture of instant gratification. But when I think about this quote, I think it encapsulates the human challenge tremendously well. And think that he said this, what, 50, 60 years ago. So think what an amazing uh, vision he had about where we were going.
0: So he knew very well about delay gratification.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you're right. Think about it. You know, him, Nelson Mandela, mm. um, you know, Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, they all advocated for nonviolent uh, resistance. And just think about the reality that they were under. And for Martin Luther King to say, don't use violence. Um, don't drink from the cup of bitterness and despair. What an amazing application of delayed gratification, because it's so tempting to just throw a rock at the window or, or, you know, or or use violence. Yeah, I think that's a very smart observation. Mm -hmm.
0: Could you now uh, recommend us one book that has been particularly uh, inspiring, influential for you?
1: Oh, man. Can I give you more than one? (laughs)
0: Uh, Uh, Can you pick one?
1: (laughs) If I had to pick one, Mm -hmm. which I think is... Very, very um, mean choice. Um, I would recommend um, Thinking Fast and Slow by Professor Daniel Kahneman. He is a Nobel Prize winning um, researcher in behavioral economics. And he talks about the two systems in the brain, system one and system two. The well, system one is the ancient system, very quick to jump to conclusions, very quick to judge with very limited information, very instinctive. Uh, which sadly is in control of us 95% of the time. And then there's system two, which is the modern, rational, deductive, responsible brain, which is also very lazy and slow. That's the brain you want to use when you're making big decisions. But sadly, we don't do it enough. So the book talks about how those two systems work, um, which is brilliant. I mean, it's a bit academic, the book, so mm-hmm. it's not a page turner. But you definitely, want to learn that. you definitely want to learn that book if you want to understand human behavior. And if you don't mind, another book I would recommend is one that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. which is *Sapiens: A Brief History um, of Humanity. Um, I'm not sure I'm quoting that correctly, but it's a wonderful book by Professor uh, Yuval Noah Harari. And um, yeah, A Brief History of Humanity, that's the title. And again, it, it just it kind of gives you a bird's eye view of how we got to where we are. Because I think we don't give our history enough respect. We, we look at the world the way it is now. But if you think about it, that world is only 50 years old, a hundred years old. But what about the 199,900 years hmm. before that and how they affected our development and our operating system? I don't think we, we appreciate that enough. And then we judge ourselves very painfully. So knowing how our system developed can help explain a little bit about our behavior today, and those two books together can give you a very good understanding of human behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, sounds sounds really great, and is uh, I agree with you. I say that uh, we often uh, forget about history or didn't spend time to 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 learn to to really know about that. It's so important.
1: Right, I agree. <laughs>
0: and now, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly? A routine to shine.
1: Yes, I think it connects back to what I said before. I think that at least once a day, you should do one of the following two things. On your own, find articles or find people who write on Facebook things you don't agree with and read them. Mm -hmm. And don't respond. (laughs) Don't write a post. Don't, you know... I want You need to get used to dealing with negative stimulations. The way Mm -hmm. to build delayed gratification, delayed gratification is a muscle more than anything. Mm -hmm. You want to build up that muscle. And just like going to the gym and lifting weights is painful, the same thing can can be said about delayed gratification. So first of all, expose yourself Mm -hmm. to people and to opinions that are exactly opposite to your own because that's not what we do today. Today, we tend to surround ourselves by people who are like us because it makes us feel comfortable. But in effect, it isolates us from the world. And then when we meet somebody that we don't agree with and we need to persuade, we don't have the emotional endurance to listen to them. And then we violate something that I call the persuasion equation, which is the ability to be equated with a positive feeling. You want when people see your name on the phone or when they see your name in the calendar, They'll either have a positive or a negative response emotionally. You want them to have a positive one. And it's hard to do that with people you don't agree with. So read, expose yourself Mm -hmm. to things you don't agree with. And if once you do that, the next level is what I said before. Once a day, practice being the opposite view. Take a topic you don't agree with and pretend that you do and practice convincing somebody. It's not about being fake. It's about practicing mental flexibility. And it will be very helpful for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like being even like uh, a bit painful, but it's it's worth to try. And yeah, thanks for this great exercise. Of,
1: listen, Oscar, if it doesn't hurt a lot, if you don't fail the first few times, mm-hmm. then you know you didn't choose the right topics. You didn't choose yeah. something that you're truly sensitive about.
0: Okay, it's uh, time to try it. <laughs> well, yeah thanks. Thank you very much for this very interesting interview about this uh so well unique topic i haven't talked about this before in this in this podcast so i'm happy to discuss about that with you please finally tell us how uh, we can uh, learn more about you follow you what are the best ways for that
1: absolutely first of all i want to thank you oscar for this opportunity to have this conversation i i enjoyed it tremendously um yes so first of all you can find a lot of the content that I spoke about today in several places. Number one, there's the website of our company and we, we share a lot of the information. There are videos and podcasts about different areas of persuasion, you know, how to present to senior decision makers, how to, you know, how to capture the audience attention when you're lecturing, how to deliver a one minute pitch. If you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in a demo day, you can find all of that on our website on the Viarmar website. Um, Number two, I have an informal YouTube channel, which I use mainly as a repository for my, for my own use for videos. But a lot of those videos I leave open for people to, to view. So if you look up my name, Ariel Halevi, on YouTube, mm-hmm. you'll find that there are several dozen uh, videos there. Some are two minutes long and some are full 40-minute uh, uh, webinars. Um, like I said before, in about two weeks, my, uh, my first book, I'm very excited about it, will be launched on Amazon, mm-hmm. You're Not Moving Slow Enough, and that's also the address of the website, .com, so you can find that book as well. And of course, if you contact me or anybody in my company uh, through our website, we always respond and we're happy to share lists of books we recommend mm-hmm. and, and other things.
0: Oh excellent. So I definitely I'm going to watch your uh, your videos. So yeah, I'm going to be the one of first one to go there. <laughs> oh, thank you very much uh, Ariel again. Uh, well, thanks a lot and all the best.
1: You too. I hope we speak again soon. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. See you next time!